Lewis. Look at the figure. Look at the turn. Set it up, looking for the high flyers, and Sinterlee soaring through the skies for Warpino to finish it all off. <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to this very special edition of Hawk Talkback, mid-season draft edition. That's all it is. There's nothing else going on for Hawthorne at the moment. Uh, I'm still waiting on Tiz, incidentally. Oh, there he is. Hello. Let's go. <laughs> We're off to a cracking start. <laughs> Can you tell it's been a little a little while since we last did Hawk Talk Back? But here we are, and thank you for everyone uh, to everyone for joining us this evening. Uh, as I said, mid-season draft, obviously not much else going on with Hawthorne at the moment. Uh, it is all about <laughs> mid-season draft. Uh, we've already got uh, Patrick, who requested to speak, and now he's declined to speak, and it's all happening. Uh, tis. Let me steady the ship for one moment. There's a lot to talk about, but I want to focus on the news that had just come through about our picks in the mid-season draft. How are we feeling? Oh, well, it's sort of underlined to me that Sammy feels that he's got the bones of a next premiership side almost cut and dried. He's taken a, a ruckman to you know bulk up our thinning ruck stocks, and then he's taken a 25-year-old key forward to allow development of Cozzy or people underneath him, I guess. Not in replacement of Cosy, papers not stamped quite yet. I, uh, I wouldn't say that after his game on the weekend. Oh, come <laughs> on! <laughs> One goal has completely revitalised his career, has it? Uh, it's just what it meant to him, I guess. Uh, you know, these uh, I've seen other blokes come back from worse situations than Cosy, but uh, yeah, it's still tough. I, I would love for you to be right. I think I need to see a little more before I get on that train. Yeah, that's fair enough. What did you think, Nick? You must have been wrapped. Because <laughs> I've been calling for a key position yeah. forward for for quite a number of months. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy with our selections. I mean, let's start with Clay Tucker, obviously taking a pick three. Um, Another Eastern Rangers yeah. boy. Yeah, we do like our Eastern Rangers products. And given that Max Lynch is sidelined, uh, it makes sense. We need a, a little bit of depth there. We need some flexibility, uh, some insurance, because as we learned last year, we learned it the hard way. If you don't have ruck insurance and you have enough players on the list that can play that role, uh, the worst can happen. You can feel it quite harshly. Um, so I'm glad that we have Clay Tucker as a development prospect at 18 years old in the back pocket if we seriously need to play him, we can. I uh, want to welcome Tim to the program. Tim, do we have you? Is that better? Sorry? Yeah, that's Sorry. all good. Evening, Off gentlemen. you go. Um, I wanted to start with something positive, um, given there's a lot of negative stuff about the Hawks. If the PCM was given halfway through the season, who would be your top three? Uh, I, I don't want to pander to tears, but I've I got to say, <laughs> I, I would like to say Nash would be number one. Um, I mean, it's got to be midfield, doesn't it? Like one, Nash, two, and three. Nash, Newcomb, Day, Sicily. It's all those guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's pretty, at this stage of the season, it's pretty cut and dry who our, our best six are out there um, at any given time. Um, 
Yeah, I'd say the top three are midfielders. I don't think Sicily's quite in the same form as last year. He gets close, but doesn't quite crack the top three. Uh, Day has to be in calculations. Yeah, Nash, Newcomb and Day, you know, interchangeably perhaps. What did you think of tonight's selections, Tim? Uh, I've only seen the Ruckman Ruck pick, to be honest. So I think that was correct. Um, and, I mean, it's very unfortunate with Max Lynch, obviously, but um, you just have to make a, a practical decision about that. And, you know, you, at the moment there's obviously Meek and Reeves, but as we've seen, it doesn't take much for one or even both of them to be out for a couple of weeks. You need mm-hmm. to plan for that. Exactly right. It's exactly what I was speaking to before, Tim. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it necessarily means that, you know, they've given up on Lynch or anything like that. You have to remember that there's only... You know, when you take these picks, they're a short-term contract, really. They could persist with Lynch, but I think it is just in the immediate term, what we're talking about, that, that insurance, having that backup. Yeah, they've already put Ramsden into the into the, uh, into the the team and he mm-hmm. didn't look up to it. So um, the I think these two picks, although not exciting and not what I wanted, uh, are quite... <laughs> Quite logical. Rucks are well, sorry. No, go for I was going to say rucks are sort of like a goalkeeper in soccer. It's a specialist role, and if one or even two people fall over, you can really get found out. Yeah, it's not a sexy selection, is it? The, the ruckman usually, uh, and they can take quite a lot of time to develop. You're not going to see them in, in action. You're not going to see the spoils of that instantly. But um, I'm quite happy with the picks. But tears, it leads me to wonder, what were you after? I was after some little excitement machine in the midfield. I thought um, we would have picked up Stanley, who who was a very good-looking player to my eye, um, but had come on leaps and bounds. And and again, Frio take one from Box Hill. And uh, they've got Switter there, who was overlooked for years at Hawthorne, so you can't deny him that. But he'll, he'll do well over there, I'd say. Um, the other thing I'd say about picking up a ruckman in the mid-season draft is probably good because you don't end up ta- taking one in the late 40s or 50s mm. in, in the real draft. Yeah, it's also it happens to be a ruckman that we're intimately familiar with. He's been training with Hawthorne, uh, obviously had a, a serviceable enough audition to actually get the gig in the end. I think that's what we saw there. Yeah, well, um, Ramsden, Ramsden and Tucker, two years running. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I think you were a bit harsh on Ramsden before, weren't you? I mean, what, he's had one game and you said he doesn't doesn't look well, up to it yet. Well, he didn't look up to it um, in that game against the Dogs. Yeah. But they played through him and they made him look, you know, they, they had English one out with him a couple of times. But, no, I have full faith in uh, in Ramsden making it, but he's, he's just a little too young. So bringing in someone like Ryan might be better. Yes. Well, well, Tucker, you mean, because Ryan being the forward, uh, yeah, who we no, haven't touched but, on at all. No, but Ryan, Ryan could uh, give us a chop out in the forward line as well. He's doing something in the ruck. He's got a mature body there. Well, the great thing about Brandon Ryan is the versatility. Uh, he's been playing forward at the Bull Ants. He's been really exciting there, really impressive for, uh, form, kicking uh, multiple goals from week to week. But he... I, I love this, an average of 2.6 goals a game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a team that's not, not... three, two point six. <laughs> for a team that's also not travelling amazingly well, the Bullets, uh, not for the last two years. Um, Ryan has been looking really impressive, and, and the fact is, he can pinch it in the ruck as well, and he can play as a defender. Um, so I think we've taken a talent where 
you know, to my mind, I think we concentrate on his development as a forward. We nurture that. But, I mean, if we need to, it's right there. We can develop him into a, a key position backman. And that's an area that we need to focus on too. So not such a bad move. We'll get some of the listeners uh, on the line. If you do want to, uh, you know, throw us any curly questions or have your say on the, uh, the mid-season draft or, you know, anything else that might be happening at Hawthorne at the moment. I can't, can't, think, can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tiz, it seems to be a habit with our podcast oh, that after we, after we release an episode, there's usually some big news brewing. And that was again the case this week. And uh, I guess what I'm angling for is a bit of a vibe check. What's happening? Oh, I'm wrapped for the former coaches and, um, you know, that they finally get some breathing space. I know it's not over. And I know it's the AFL just sort of uh, backing out of the whole shebang and, and trying to cover their ass um, before it goes to the HRC, as uh, is being professed in the papers. But, um, yeah, I'm pleased for certainly Fagan was very, very aggressive mm-hmm. in his tone and uh, staring down any kind of uh, legal threat. Mm. So it, it sort of says to me that uh, the history of those years, still under a cloud, though it be, um, is pretty much given back to us now. We don't have to worry, you know, as much. Well, I certainly feel relief for those three mm. guys. Fingers crossed your reading on the situation is correct. I want to invite long-time listener Enns onto Hawk Talk Back. If you're there, Enns, make yourself known. I am. Hi, guys. Um, just a couple quick questions. With um, uh, Brandon Ryan, um, how is that going to work with him playing for the Bullets and then for Hawthorne? I'm assuming he's going to be playing for Box Hill next. I presume he'll line up for Box Hill on the weekend. That's not bad for him. Um, and the other question, I wasn't able to get onto the um, the live link. It just wouldn't load for me um what's happened with Callum Brown did he get picked no he did not um which yeah I I forecast that on the on this week's podcast that um you know frankly he's been one of the best players in the league the VFL he's been incredibly industrious week to week um you know usually notching up 30 plus touches um being incredibly influential a match winner uh yeah I don't know that would be bitterly disappointing for him yeah. He's looking to revitalise his career and, and get back into the the top league. And um, you have to be wondering, if you're him, what more you can do. He's been very impressive. Yes, yeah. All right, thanks. That, that was all I wanted to know. <laughs> no worries at all. If anyone else would like to jump on, in fact, I think we have Patrick here. Uh, please do request to speak. We'll get you on board. Fire away any curly questions you have for us. Uh, welcome to the show, Patrick. I was just going to ask, guys, uh... Do you think the AFL leaving the sanctions open to us was just so Damo could still write something negative in the uh, <laughs> sliding doors this week? Yeah. Uh, can, can, can I uh, can I just jump in, Patrick? I think what you mean is if the AFL leaves oh. the door open. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, he, he'll always find something, even if it. If it came down in our favour, he'd still be whinging on the, on the same old track anyway, Damo, because that's just what he does. It's pretty easy. Surely considering the three coaches got exonerated, it means it'd have to at least be a fine at worst. Like, surely it takes draft picks out of the question or, or anything like that, you'd have to assume. Well, I never thought uh, draft picks would be in the picture because that would um, – that's more about on-field cheating or, or seeking yeah. to find an advantage 
against other clubs in the league. And Damo says that other clubs want us to be punished. That's his line at the moment. Mm. Uh, it it would have to be monetary. But what would the other clubs do then? If they would they would it just mean that they wouldn't go do any of these style reports? And what would they? Oh, what, yeah. what would they say if Hawthorne said the same? If they had a report like this, you'd have to ask. Well, if if Hawthorne were to be sanctioned, I would. If I were Andy Gowers, I'd probably recommission a report. And, uh, and, and yeah, do it again and uh, get get the AFL actually involved in the conducting of it because they made no advances. Yeah, they didn't go and interview any of the coaches, and they made no advances on the investigation we had undertaken. So um, you just throw it back in their court that you do want to know, and uh, you know if we're going to be sanctioned, we bet, might as well find out what it really what we're really to be sanctioned for. I literally um, thought you were about to say we should at least get our money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would throw it back onto them and you know, tell them that they should be conducting this kind of investigation anyway um, as part of their due diligence for play, player health. Oh, a- absolutely. Some of the stuff that they committed to in their press release, uh, one of our listeners, Ryan, uh, ended up pointing out Shouldn't they have these mechanisms in place around Indigenous and First Nations people anyway? Why has it taken this for the league to get anyway? It just it really casts them as really out of touch and, you know, as the authority, you know, as, as, the, as the, the people leading on this matter. But, you know, I suppose I shouldn't be that surprised. So um, we, we really, they're, they're not... Uh sharing their allegations either, the AFL, on what the club should have done. Because we, <laughs> well, yeah. we uh, you know, we just, we're, it's, it's very difficult um, because there are obviously people on both sides who have been hurt and there's going to be no real development from here that'll satisfy either of those, any of those parties. Um, and there's always the option to, uh, you know, to legal up for the coaches mm. and the other side. So there'll be no winners out of this whole situation and it all stems from the fact that it got out into the press and went public. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been handled yeah. in-house. But, you know, that's that's its own question because, you know, it when they tried to take it in-house, it still didn't work. So I, at some point, I feel like Hawthorne is a better run club than the AFL commission is. <laughs> um... Well, I I know for a fact that a lot of people would dispute that because so much criticism has come for Hawthorne's air quotes process around that. And a lot of that is from never ask a question you don't know the answer to already. Yeah. That's the general theme behind that criticism. But the the people that level that criticism, I want to know how they might, uh, what their suggestions are for how things might have played out a bit differently. Because as far as I can tell, um, they followed protocol. Am I yeah, correct? Well, your, your, hands are, your hands are tied because the employees who were had the allegations made against them had already left the club. And uh, so you had to hand it up to the AFL and they had jurisdiction over those other members and they could have gone and found out what was going on and et cetera. But um, as they were no longer at Hawthorne, they couldn't do much. It just seems to me that the the media was the defining factor in how things have played out the way they have. Um, 
it has caused a monumental spiral out of control for all parties. That it was just needless, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the whole point was being able to reconcile with uh, the Riolis, and I yeah. don't think we're any yeah. closer to that. Oh God, no, no, no. That's that's where it started. This curiosity <laughs> that that sort of Rioli inspired. It's uh, maybe maybe there's something worth looking into here. Well, yeah. Well, I think by the sounds of it, there is. Um, it's just a shame that it played out this way. Uh, I don't think it needed to, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's like um, it's like tightrope walking. This stuff, Nick. It's not exactly <laughs> well enjoyable it, stuff, but um, it no, seems it, like it is coming to a conclusion. And I just can't see why that the AFL can take draft picks off us. And if they take money off us, well, hopefully they'll just give it back in another form, like they did with Melbourne when they obviously <laughs> tanked, and then they just gave a five hundred k check to Paul Ruse to come in and fix the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it comes back around is what you're saying. Well, I'm saying they're not without... Uh, <laughs> they're, um, they're sly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be draft picks either because I, I think draft picks would denote... Well, as, as a sanction, that speaks to some sort of, um, you know, trying to gain a competitive advantage. And I just... that That, that is irrelevant here. That's not the realm that we're that we're playing with. Uh, so I, I just don't see that being an, uh, an appropriate punishment. And I certainly hope it doesn't come to that because we need them draft picks. <laughs> and uh, gosh, it was a welcome change to hear Kenneth go on the attack. Oh, really? <laughs> you, you, you're telling me that you liked when Kenneth spoke up? <laughs> I did tune in to hear what he had to say. And, and a lot of it held together quite well. But... Um... I'll, I'll concede that. You know quite well that I'm not a massive Kennet fan at all. Some might say I'm the opposite. But there were less there were less grenades than I thought, to be honest. So, um, well, and, then, I, I, and then Gowers came out and, and he was uh, strength with care. And I, I, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I saw the criticism that uh, of Gowers' uh, member email, he didn't say anything. And I just thought, well, what do you want him to say at this point? What are, you, what are you asking for from the club's president at this point other than to play a straight bat and da-da-da-da, everyone's hurt on all sides. Uh, Every, everyone's just hoping this is, this is the end here. Which is, you know? which is true. It, like, everything he said was true, but I don't... What, what are people hoping for? More spice than that, something a bit more fiery. We're just... The club's not in a position to make those moves at the moment. Yeah, we kind yeah of but if the AFL doesn't come out and put in some, you know, oversights across hmm. all the clubs, it, it, it would be ridiculous. We would love to hear from some listeners. If you have uh, anything about the investigation you want to ask us, anything about the mid-season draft, anything about Hawthorne in general. Or, I don't or, know how about much, you, mate. or how much you think we're going to beat Port by on the weekend. Oh, at least 10 goals. Um <laughs> Brandon uh, Ryan, Brandon Ryan to kick uh, fourteen. Um, oh, a mid-season draft debut—that would be fantastic. <laughs> you know what? It would not be the first time. No, we did it with Newt, and that yep. worked out pretty well. That that was amazing, beating Sydney as they were. You, you know what's really impressive about Newcomb is that that first game set the tone, and he's been remarkably consistent. 
ever since. It was then. it thirteen uh, tackles on debut, something like that. Uh, fourteen, I think he. Fourteen. That, that's the wow. record. Yeah, fourteen on debut and, and in a winning performance as well. Um, and that's that's really his trademark. This wasn't some sort of flash in the pan first impression where you're like, "Wow, this kid!" And then a few weeks later, the glosses come off. He's become essential. He's definitely, you know, in top three calculation for for the PCM this year. Uh, it's been quite something to watch. And the reports that Seamus Mitchell will be right to go for the weekend, but I don't know. Do you? Are you sure about that? Uh, what are we tipping a late out? Oh, okay, fair enough. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he wasn't on the injury list either. He's been participating in training fully. He's been kicking on both feet. Um, he seems to be moving okay. So maybe he is right to go. Um, we, we, we learn to cast a suspicious eye on the um, injury lists now, in, did, in recent years. Is Luke Bruce um, just reaching for the calf at training? <laughs> You're desperate, aren't you? You really want to see that in person. <laughs> I do want to see that in person. Yeah. Erin's yeah. listening tonight, but uh, I think she's given me, she's teased me for not going to the buddy, buddy game, as well. Um, back. Well, in... which one specifically? He's had a few big games. No, the one against Carlton. Oh, that's game. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that from time to time. Yeah. You lovely person, you. (laughs) (laughs) Went out onto the ground. (laughs) I I did it for Dunstall. That was pretty good. A couple of times. All right. Well, you got that one over me. I clearly haven't done that. I've got a a bit of um, Waverley Park turf somewhere still from back in the day, from the final game. Yeah, I was there for that too. That, that's that's not a tin that I want to open. I, I fear what might be inside the dust. the stench, the horror. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It's probably dust. So uh, was but, that a but, commemorative tin, or did you just grab an Anzac Vicky tin and take it down for the game? It was a Looney Tunes branded Daffy Duck tin what? that at one time had jubes in it. Ask a stupid question. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's the truth. And ever since, because the tubes have long been polished off, uh, that is housed from that day, from that final day at Waverley, the final game. It's, it's uh, encased some turf, and I, I think you might be right. I think it might be dust by this by this point. How many years has it been? Oh my god! Jeez, mm, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, what's your prognosis as far as the Port Adelaide game? Uh, I think Sicily makes it very difficult, but Scrimshaw coming to the lineup and we we play very well against Port. I noticed they took Quinton Narkel, so um, you know, they wasn't wasn't very impressed with that selection. So maybe no. they maybe he, they feel he, he they don't... need Quinton against us. Uh, well, are we, are we talking about Quinton the Difference Narkle? Sparkle Narkle, yeah. Sparkle Narkle, who was anything but against Box Hill. I, well, he was I, desperate. Had, I'll give him that. He was desperate. But, yeah. We had the same reaction when that pick went through. We couldn't believe it. I thought he was thoroughly average, but anyway. Yeah, he's got a bit of X factor in the right side, but 
Yeah, I when we went over to Adelaide, I, I enjoyed watching uh, watching Port. So I think they play a good brand of footy. It should be quite a watchable game. Yeah, did you enjoy watching Port in the moments you could see them through the the blinding rain? <laughs> that was, <a> <laughs> was atrocious weather. Yeah, well, it was. You know, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Melbourne get beaten earlier in the day by Essendon, who just played better in the wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, some of my Melbourne mates are uh, getting really nervous now about the, how the season's going. Yeah, as, as well they should, really. Yeah. I think we're, we're a chance to at least be competitive against Port. I, th- I still think they're due a loss. They have to take their eye off the ball at some point. And, uh, you, could, you could imagine that Hawthorne sneaks up on them a bit and makes it a closer contest than, than what the, uh, the home crowd might be hoping to see. Yeah, I can, I can see the midfield doing very well. But, they, you know, over there, they're very good at Adelaide Oval. Mm-hmm. So... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be taking the odds. I think it's about six bucks we're going to pay. So, well, nobody, you meant to love the game. Not nobody the odds. is. Nobody is picking this. Nick. Who have you got Friday night, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been so many years that I now see the wind up. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's a bit of a rope of dope, and I'm like, I see it. And I'm yeah. powerless to stop it. It's still going to happen. No, it still works though. It's it's still <laughs> it's Melbourne Carlton, and I'm praying you say Melbourne. Yeah, no, nah, Carlton's not getting the job done this week. I think they're in a they're in a world of hurt, and it's not going to end anytime soon. Excellent. There's uh, good odds on that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, listeners. He's not wrong. I cannot pick a Friday night to save myself. Uh, it's it's probably really good money if you go against me at this point. That's my track record. So I'd love to hear from, from some listeners if they've got anything to say on the – if they're feeling relieved or if the media's gone – they've changed their tone. They've gone from coaches exonerated to Hawthorne looking at sanctions. So <laughs> – it's, yeah, that, that turned quickly, didn't it? Yeah, it we'd did. like to get some listeners on board. Whatever you want to talk about, really. It doesn't have to be yeah, the investigation. It <laughs> doesn't have to be the draft. could be anything, really. You can ask a personal question. Not too personal. Let's be, let's be civil. Let's be nice about it. Um, <laughs> to request to speak and we'll get you on board. Did you um, get those little personal Kleenex boxes? That you could, what are you talking about? You know, the AFL, you get a personal little plastic pack of you can get oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. did you give one to your girlfriend on the weekend after the saints loss she was really good about it actually (laughs) really good about it you've got to have the banter ready that's the perfect gift no no my banter game's strong mate you don't you don't have a an award-winning podcast like ours (laughs) there's no there's not been any awards there's not been any awards I think you might have a text coming your way, by the way, if I had to commentate what's happening in my household. <laughs> no, no angry text yet. Yeah, wait oh, for it. It's being typed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. We've got a bit meta now. Let's get Matt on the line. Matt's requested to speak, and I'd like to hear from anyone who's not talking about my girlfriend at the moment. So 
<laughs> Come on, Matt. Away you go. Far away. Yep. How do you know I'm not about to talk to you about your girlfriend? No, that's fair enough. You got me there. Jeez, um, I look over my shoulder. Yeah, just about the uh, Hawthorne racism investigation. Um, once it was released into the media by ABC and Russell Jackson, there was just no chance for um, natural and fair justice to happen. And once Clarko and Fags and Burt were named, that that's where the big issue was. Yeah. Yeah, um, I hope it was worth it. I mean, you talk about award-winning before. I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson was recognised in some way for his work on this, but um, I hope it was worth it because it stuffed everything. It stuffed everything for everyone. That's right. Uh, it threw the whole thing into disarray. Um, it did nothing for the complainants. Uh, certainly he, did. Hasn't, yeah, Rusty, hasn't Rusty deleted all those posts he made about it as well? So he sort of <laughs> pulled back because it, just like he deleted all the posts he had about Shane Warne after his dad <laughs> passing. So he does tend to um, – he, he he reads the winds, Nick. Winds of change. Mm-hmm. Russell <laughs> certainly reacts. Well, can I gather you can delete what you want, but it can still be found. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of the internet, um, basically. Um, no, I, I just – it was clearly – there's something to be said for priorities there because um, yeah. the story's out there. But, I mean, look, look at where we are now. It's a complete dumpster fire. Um, right. It's very story journalism. Yeah, well, it, I guess it, it really is because it didn't do anything for anyone, like I said. It's, um, yeah, it's put everyone's noses out of joint. It's just muddied the whole process. Uh, it's not it just it's not just that he printed the story. He printed the story without um, uh, due, due process or deferring to Fagan and, and Clarkson for a comment. He he didn't give them time. He's been criticised by people like Caroline Wilson for the way he handled that. Mm. And, you know, a number of people have said that they wouldn't have gone to print with that. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so do you reckon um, he'll lose draft picks? <laughs> well, I, I saw that Shane Crawford retweeted something today that said, you know, all the media people make these mistakes and they never suffer any of the consequences. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I think other, quite... other media haven't gone out after him either. Like, Damo no. hasn't gone after him. No. But he's gone no. after Hawthorne. Oh, has he ever? About everything under the sun, he's gone after Hawthorne. But I think it was quite ironic that we saw even this week, um, inside the one show, in fact, I thought it was really, really big of Caroline Wilson to apologise to Sam Mitchell and say that, look, she she got it wrong and we're actually travelling along okay. But in the same show, her reporting on Patrick Cripps was just completely erroneous and, and false. Uh, that's that I think encapsulates everything. You know, it's one step forward, two steps back. Um, bit of Paula Abdul for you. Wow. <laughs> so, Matt, are you feeling and, are you feeling any relief from this week's um, revelations? No, not at all. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. No, because well, nothing's resolved. Yeah, no. exactly. They'd... Yeah. Well, I, nothing's I mean, resolved. It's... No one can feel. Justified, no one can feel at peace. Yeah, the the way I looked at it was like, oh, great. Well, 
the AFL's exonerated them, and I'm, I'm glad for that. But um, that's a checkpoint. That's not the end of the game here. That's not the end of the story. There's still so many chapters to be written of this story. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really let anyone off the hook. It doesn't give uh-huh. anyone what they want. It more feels like the AFL taking themselves out of the pool. Like they, They're just like, well, you know, we're not going to be part of this going forward, so you'll sort it out. And it's like, okay, great. I guess they will in a higher court, which it should have gone here to begin with. Like it just, there's, there was too much delay. It They are going to take this to court and that's how it should be. And the veil of anonymity has to be lifted. I, I think where we are now is where we had to be months ago. The AFL seemed to have washed their hands of it and dumped it back at Hawthorne. Oh, I'd say it's a pretty good read on it. Yeah, uh, anyone else that would like to jump in? The, uh, we're back um, in the two and one, one other thing on a football yeah. matter. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> Blank and Mitch Lewis yeah. are our two most important players. They may not necessarily be our best players, but the way that Blank comes in, yeah, the frees up Frost and Sicily and Weddle, and the way Mitch has just straightened us up completely, given us a marking target it's it's amazing yeah i agree with that and of course i'm a noted mitch lewis fan so i think your listeners would be inclined to think oh well of course nick would think that but you notice from mitch's return there was just something in the structure like okay yeah this this looks a bit different this works a bit differently it works a bit better and i think the same as blank i mean the proof is in what happened with sicily I mean, when you allow that kind of game to happen, which is a match-winning performance, you know that something in the structure and the personnel has really come together well. And we don't have a replacement for either of them at the moment. We don't have anyone else that can play a number one key forward and we don't have anyone else that can play a number one key defender. Can I turn your attention to uh, a man by the name of Brandon Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it happens immediately, but that's why it's a good pick. That's why Brandon Ryan is a good selection because he is versatile and I think there is the capacity. While he is in amazing form as a forward this year, and I think we should nurture that, I think the fact that he does have that versatility and, you know, if you do want an understudy, to blank who admittedly is right at the start of his own career but if you want some depth in that part of the grounds you've got an option now um, you have a developmental pathway if that's the way we choose it and i dare say cosy was a bit the same you know cosy can play forward as we've seen he, he used to play as a defender and when we need him to oh, he, he can keep in the rough he was a dour defender cosy <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's what we need room. sometimes Patrick's, um, there's a chat that goes with this space, and Patrick shared a tweet from Paul Amy, who said that oh, yes. Brandon, Brandon Ryan was training with the Northern Bullets tonight, and a couple of teammates doing rehab heard he'd been drafted and raced onto the ground to tell him. <laughs> he, he's now on the phone to Hawthorne. What a, what an incredible evening for the man. And uh, Josh, Josh Kazar has told us that regarding Ryan, he will play with us now, but he cannot. Be um, be used against the Bull Ants this year. 
oh, that's all right. We played them, beat them, been there, done that. We move on. <laughs> they won't be in the finals, so it's not even a problem. I like the comment below it, actually, from uh, Molly Fudd. Hey, guys, I'm actually you, uh, yeah, I'm I don't used to listening to your podcast at 1.5 speed. You couldn't talk a bit quicker, could you? <laughs> <laughs> are we talking right. quick, are we? Wow. <laughs> uh, anyone else that wants to jump on board um, as we head into probably what like the last five ten minutes of this hawk talk back uh, do request to speak we'll get you on board to talk about really anything mid-season draft uh, investigation how Hawthorne's traveling at the moment um, we have two games until the bye how are we feeling about the, the journey to date 2023 it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster well, no expectations at the beginning, and and I thought it'd be after the bye before we saw some good team play and some real uh, ability to frighten opposition. But you know, it's lovely to beat St Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while, so not going to argue with that. It was good to get back on the winners list against them. Uh, here's a question I was mulling over right before we went on: um, unsung heroes. Or even surprise packets for, for the first half of the year, Tiz. Do you have any? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I'll, I'll put you on the spot, haven't I? I've got to say, Hardwick has just got better and better as the year went on. Um, yeah. There were some questions Mark, questions asked about him earlier on. Uh, and then, you know, with more sort of falling away on his impact in games, you've just seen the youth in the midfield just take up the slack. It's been very, very good to see. Even when Day gets rubbed out for a couple of weeks and we're getting no favours from the umps week in, week out, they just keep their heads down keep keep working. Who did you have in mind, Nick? I think uh, Warple deserves a nod, to be honest. I, I think the likes of Day and Newcomb have overshadowed him because they're really quite young and exciting and it's, it's very future-orientated with them. But when you think about it, heading into this season, there's a lot of talk about James Warple and... Well, oh, he needs to get back to where he was. Yeah, oh, lots, lots, of, lots of pressure. And uh, you'd have to say that, for the most part, he's been able to rise to the challenge. I still think his disposal's not crash hot, but um, well, he's I an mean, essential he's, part of this team now. He's doing the handball more often than not now. And I think, well, I'm just imagining this maybe, but since Mitch Lewis came back into the side, I think James Walpole has greatly improved. How do you figure that? What's your correlation there? I don't know. I just, I just think that... Uh, you know, maybe he looks. He takes a bit longer to look forward if he's if he imagines there is a target there. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? You know, I constantly uh, criticise James Warple for the hat kick forward, but it makes a huge difference if there's a target there to actually look after the footy to take possession of it. Um, you know, you got a guy that can actually take a contested mark, which w- was a serious uh, deficiency that we had for a long time. One of the things last year and in previous years was Wingard's ability to hit Mitch Lewis from anywhere. Yeah. Now, well, now Wingard needs to find the footy. That's probably the priority there. Yeah, but there you incredible go. to see. Yeah. There's a curly question for you. Does Wingard get a game this week against his old mob? No. Yeah. Well, he's he's right to go. So, what is he doing? Is he playing? Oh, yeah. Not uh, playing VFL. No, Bell, sub Bruce out for Wingard, actually. That, that's my, uh, that's my <laughs> thought on that. <laughs> so keep him goalless and then sub Bruce out. That's the plan? <laughs> no, just take Bruce out line up and uh, play Wingard. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, yeah. Manage yeah. Bruce and then get Wingard in the line. I see. All right. 
Yeah, I just yeah, want to see the 500, Nick, and I want to see Gunners run down and give him a high five, just like it's a grand final. I was thinking to myself, actually, after the Marvel Stadium game against the Saints, that win, I was like, it's just good to have a win in Melbourne again. It's been a long time. Oh, yeah, Tassie fans you know, had it easy. Yeah, exactly. They've seen two wins this year, and I was like, oh, that winning feeling in person again, there's, there's nothing nothing like it. Nothing beats it. Uh, we'll take some questions just before we wrap up, if anyone wants to jump on board. I think we actually got a message in the chat from someone asking if they could come on. Just request to speak, and then we can get you on, and uh, you turn your mic on, and away you go. Uh, what else do we have here as I'm scrolling, scrolling? Uh, Gunster says, if we can find a way to keep Alir out of the game, we're a very good chance of knocking Port Adelaide off. Yeah, they do generate a lot of attack through Aaliyah. But, you know, he's he's not as good as he looks sometimes. Teams don't really put that much effort to him. It's, um, I don't know. They're a weird, they're a weird side because they look like they don't have the manpower in defence. But mm. um, as soon as they get the ball, they attack very, very well. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, we're, if we're only putting two tackles on and it's just Bruce, we're going to find it difficult. I'd agree with that. Yeah, anytime that's the case. Uh, I believe we've got Dan on the line. If you want to switch your mic on, Dan, and uh, fire away with any question you have. G'day, fellas. Great show as usual. Um, I've got a statement and a couple of questions for you. So mm-hmm. uh, first off, I personally would give Wingard a farewell game and then I wouldn't play him again. Get your thoughts mm. on Get your thoughts on that. He's definitely hasn't lived up to his ability. We know that his best is fantastic, but hit and miss for how often he's played a good game for us. There was a little patch mm. at the back end one back back end a couple of years ago where he really tore it apart, but just not enough. Yep. Um and the questions for you on Cozzy, obviously he had a great game, although it was only one goal, a very important goal, but I thought he had quite mm-hmm. a presence in the air. Do you think that will give him the confidence to become a um, a regular part of our team. And the other question for you, um, how do we attract um, some good talent next year in the way of free agents? Is it purely money that we can offer? Not quite the destination club, I guess, we once were. Yeah, those are some fantastic questions. We'll tackle the Cozzy one first. I mean, I think we're all hoping that that is the, the shot in the arm that's been sorely needed for Cozzy because um, we know that the ability is there. We know that in his debut season that he was bringing a lot to the table. He was a genuine key forward target. I mean, we had the pleasure of heading down to Fatazzi uh, for, for our first podcast trip and then seeing him tear it up against Adelaide. Even before that, I know it was only a pre-season game, but out, out at Arden Street, you could tell that Cozzy really had something as, as a forward target. Uh, that for a myriad of reasons, has concealed itself. I think he's battled uh, unfortunate injury and form. And then at times last year, I think he was played in the ruck out of necessity. And is this the moment? Is this the turning point, this one goal? Because uh, I still have faith in the the, the Lewis-Cosie combo. I think the Twin Towers up forward would be fantastic. It's just... Can Cozzy be the other guy? Because I know that Mitch is the man. He's main event Mitch Lewis. Who's the second guy? I think there's still, you know, that's up for grabs. I'd love it to be Cozzy because I think he's the one that has earned it the most. But he'll be surpassed if if he doesn't keep on performing. But what are your thoughts, Tim? Uh, So McRae 
brought Cozzy into the forwards group. Uh, made him a forward, gave him all the space he needed, uh, really built, you know, and, and Craig McCrow's obviously an excellent coach. He got confidence into Cozzy, told him he was a forward. Cozzy believed it. It was very difficult in our forward line earlier this year. I'm sure Cozzy started looking at his boots rather than at the ball, started worrying about his opponent. It was even harder for him last year as he got thrown into the ruck and things like that. And he's just been down on form. Now, Now, if that is... That wasn't evident on the weekend. I know he kicked badly in front of goal until it mattered, and then he kicked it, which was terrific. But he was getting his hands on the ball. He looked determined. I think Cozzy needs to think less about how he looks while he's out there and just see ball, get ball for a little while. But Is um, his, his, his potential to be like a, a Gunston type and get up the ground a bit? Yeah, he's got – he's not fast, but he, he's certainly got an endurance. But the thing about Cozzy is he – when he's on, he's hitting guys and he's making his physicality felt. Yeah. And he yeah. just hadn't been doing that. He hadn't been trying to impact contests and things like that. I think that's the thing that I've been noticing this year. Um, or or more, more recently, um, prior to him being called up to the senior lineup in Box Hill, I think he was starting to capture something in just simply giving an honest contest. Like, you know, he was harming contests and... I, you know, to, to make it to the senior level, you probably need to do a bit more than halving contests. But nevertheless, he found himself against St Kilda in the lineup, and he was bringing that. He was competing really well, and uh, I'm wrapped that he got reward for effort right in the dying stages of the game. And, you know, one of the shots that he had was really tough. You can't really begrudge him missing that. But uh, when it came time, he, he really was able to tap into that goal-kicking now and... And we wait to see. I, I wouldn't take him out of the lineup this week. I'd keep him in. Um, but I mean, the... you, you need to follow this. You need to have faith that it's the turning point and put faith in that. Well, I mean, they're put, putting pressure on Cozzy. I think they needed to anyway with Brandon Ryan coming to the club. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just how it is. They're not, not going to. Because it was pretty obvious we needed Cozzy a couple of times as a forward setup, and that it wasn't working. But he just wasn't playing well enough to get a game. So now mm-hmm. they've got another option. It was a second question as well. I think when it was speaking to how do we attract free agents, and you know, because obviously with everything swir- swirling around our club at the moment, not to, not necessarily the destination place, and being what sixteenth on the ladder as well. I oh, get it, mate. Who doesn't want to live in Dilly? Come on, <laughs> go on, Patrick. I was going to say, uh, we've all totally forgotten about it and who knows if the AFL send us bankrupt before that, before we can even build it. But there is Dingley, we've got to remember. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's true. So when when people are saying, well, not, not draft fix, anything but draft fix, whack us with a financial sanction, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we need all those dollars and cents. <laughs> you know, this is a really important time for us. Even a financial sanction, I think, would hurt a bit. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the Tasmanians are going a bit cold on the... What the, what the heck even does happen with the Tasmanian deal if they if the stadium falls over and they end up don't getting a team? Does it still roll over, do we know? It's open to being extended. So you'd imagine it probably would be because they yeah. we, bring a, we bring a lot of money into Launceston. Yeah, I, I imagine we just roll with it. Uh, but in terms of attracting free agents, um, I, I think there's still some appeal for playing for Hawthorne. I think 
Sam Mitchell being at the helm helps. You know, I feel like every player that's come on board speaks, you know, whether it's Meek or Amon, for instance, they are quick to speak of how impressive he is. Um, and I think when you've got someone like that at the helm, it really helps uh, in terms of just a sales pitch. Yeah, I want to play under this guy. I think I have faith that this guy can get the best out of me as a career footballer. And he's got a lot of blokes that will vouch for him too. He's got a lot of runs on the board. You yeah. know, we play good style of footy. We're, we're a decent club. That, that's the other thing I wanted to speak to is the fact that in terms of a brand of footy, our identity for what we bring is it can be exciting. It is electric. You know, we're young. We're trying to bed something down. It's not always working week to week, but you can see what happens when we get it right. Uh, we can turn a game. We can boot five goals just like that. We can take the game on and win win the match. Um, that's something exciting to be, to be a part of, frankly. But we do have a lot of money to throw around in the cap. Yes. Could get, could yes, get interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the can final I, thing... Can is, I, yeah, yeah, please, please, Dan. Yeah. Can I sneak one other quick question in? What's your <laughs> thoughts on Denver Granger Barras? Like, I feel like we need to give him a blocker six games and see if he's part of our future, but we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. I'm always torn on that because, you know, part of me agrees with that. Like, oh, you've got to give him a go to see what you've got. Are you remembering Zach Dawson, Nick? (laughs) No, well, if he's not getting a go, there's a reason for it. You know what I mean? So you can't just... Well, maybe you can as a developing team sitting 16th. Maybe you do just give him a block and go... You know, at the very least, if we decide to get rid of him, at least he has a body of work. He has a showreel, if you like, <laughs> to give to other clubs. Yeah, he's, um, kind of, he's kind of no longer a number of first-round draft pick as we sit, is he? Yeah, no, nah, he's not. He's not. No, I was no, just thinking that. If, you, if you're saying we've got to fatten him before we put him to sale, I, I agree. But I don't I don't think they do look at Denver Granger Barras and think they don't want him at the club. I think they I just... I just wonder how they're going to get him the experience that he needs. He just... I saw someone talked about bundling him and um, uh, Brockman, uh, our, our young forward. <laughs> oh, that escapes me. Um, Brockman or uh... yeah, Bro- Brocky. No yeah. way should we let Brocky go. He he's the X factor we need. Yeah, well, I'm high on Brockman. It'd just be a matter of whether it's Brocky who wants to go back. Um, yeah, WA boys, so it could come to a stage where that you know sort of is out of our hands. But uh, I, I don't begrudge Hawthorne fans being impatient at this point. He's a pick six, all right, and he, he arrived at the club in 2020. Uh, we should expect more. We should expect to at least see him more. You know what are we doing? But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a it's a real question mark and. Uh, is that one of the projects that Hawthorne has to consider, um, especially after the buy, is get some games into it. Yeah, give him a go because do we have to make a call? You know, are we going to roll into 2024? How long is he contracted for? Is, it, is he through to the end of 2024? Does anyone know? I believe he is, yeah. Yeah, so even the, so that is the case. But even the idea of rolling into 2024 with, with Denver having, what, sub-20 games... And, and really not having much to show for it. I don't know. I don't know. Something has to be done in that space. Uh, we'll take one final one, and that would be the one, the question about Wingard, I guess. Um, a farewell game for Wingard. Well, well he'll be given that, yeah. 
yeah, I, I think he, um, he he might do a bit of an Isaac Smith at the end of the year and uh, head to a different club that has a window and um, it might pay off for him. But as as far as his future at Hawthorne, it, it just hasn't really worked out and he can't be the priority for us at the moment. Yeah, well, um, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year and um, he doesn't want to get injured and we don't want to necessarily give him games. So Yeah. Yeah, it, it might be in the best interest of both parties to um, to see that relationship out. I I like him. He's just wildly inconsistent and it, it's it's easy to get frustrated with not seeing his best. Last yeah. call. I reckon we're done here, Tiz. Okay, can I just jump in with one last yeah. thing? Yeah, go just for it. Just about Cozzy, um, mm. I remember similar sort of uh, discussions about Mitch when, when it was it 2019? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's still we're, young. We're, we're, we, we sort of forget. We forget that. Yeah. yeah. He's only 22. Yeah. And, and Mitch Lewis, yeah. I remember that taking him back to VFL to get his confidence. Yeah. So it, that's a very good point because I feel like um, Braden Ryan won't only be there to take Cozzy's spot, but also to take the weight of the pressure on him as well. You mm. know? Because it's far easier to, to be able to look at a bloke and go, all right, I need to be better than him than it is to be, all right, I need to be yeah, what I need everything. to be to get yeah. in this side. You know, I have to be everything or yeah. I just have to be better than that bloke. And it, it, it's a little easier mentally to go, okay, I just need to be this fella and I'm mm. in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, just, I just saw the same thing with, with Mitch, like I said, a, a few years ago where he, he was sent back to VFL because – he just didn't have any any confidence, and he came back, and he was better. And I think Cozzy's in the same boat. He just needs confidence. Yeah, I, I believe in that. I look forward to seeing what he can bring against Port Adelaide. Like I said, I believe in the uh, the two talls structure up forward, and um, you know, of course, I do. I yeah. designed a bloody t shirt for our podcast about that. <laughs> well, so. Mitch Lewis is only twenty four. He's still very exactly young yeah. as well. You know, so you know, Braden Ryan comes in, and he's. Um, is it Braden or Brandon? Brandon, Brandon, Ryan Brandon. and uh, he's uh, he's our oldest forward, isn't he? Tall forward. <laughs> he might be, yeah, the veteran forward taking <laughs> in the mid-season draft. <laughs> uh, well, there it is. Uh, we'll we'll wrap up or talk back uh, an eventful evening. We got Clay Tucker, a ruck prospect, eighteen years old. He's been with Box Hill the last little while, of course. Great great to nab him in the mid-season draft. And the guy we just mentioned, Brandon Ryan, who's been on fire for the Northern Bull Ants, uh, now officially a Hawthorne player. Uh, everything with the investigation going on, I mean, we can't possibly hope to talk about that with any sort of closure, but watch this space. And, of course, uh, we're playing Port Adelaide, I believe, on Saturday. It's Saturday 1.45, I believe, in a away game. Uh, I'll just give us a quick plug for the socials. Obviously, you're here on Twitter. That's fantastic. Our social media HQ. You can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. Uh, we're over on Instagram. I think we're one follower away from 1,000 on Instagram. We're quite quite a young account over on Instagram, but if you do want to be that one follower that ticks us over to that milestone, we'd really appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, oh, if I you like follow. what we <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated, mate. Thank you. My esteemed co-host, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, if you, if you do like what we do, if you enjoy the show and want to support us, we'd really appreciate that. In doing so, you can get yourself some bonus content. Head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. That's patreon.com slash hawktalkpod for all the details. Uh, I reckon that's it. 
that's it for this evening of Hawk Talk Back. Although we've had some oh, requests at the last, we had some requests at the last minute. Do we let them in, Tiz? Okay. All right. <laughs> this is want to be good. Oh, the pressure's on. The whole the whole listenership is waiting with bated breath for Black Jalil. I think oh, it is, yeah, or Kajil. No, you just call me Jaden. <laughs> Fire away, oh, mate. It's a bit of a long question, so you guys can head off if you want. Oh, go on. I hope you've written it I down, have. Jay. I've been stewing on it for a bit. Um, I was just going to say, I'm pretty new to the um, into the footy world in terms of fully following Hawthorne again because um, I was a bit of a bandwagon watching the three-peat and I kind of just forgot about it until the footy <laughs> frenzy in 2020. Um, so just wondering in terms of contract, um, like in terms of Warpool, do you think he, they were just waiting towards the end of the year to, to really discuss that and try to give him, like he's, you reckon he's doing a bit of world day and try and give himself a better contract? Or you reckon just at the moment, the list manager and whoever does the contract's not thinking about it at the moment? Well, I think it'd be similar today. I know Day's already signed this year. I was not expecting that. Honestly, I thought... Will Day would drag it out and let the body of work speak for himself, but uh, speak for itself. But he clearly is a Hawthorne man and wanted to stay, and he got it sorted quite quickly. But if that's, I was Warple's agent, that's why we recruit blokes with either a family history to Hawthorne, <laughs> or they barrack for him as a kid. This is it's paying paying out now. <laughs> if I was Warple's agent, I, I'd be d- delaying talks as well because I mean he's showing that he's recapturing something. I'm not going to say he's. PCM form of, of what was it, 2019, not, not near that, but he is showing his worth and that he is important. Uh, so I guess we'll wait to see what happens. I, I'd be delaying talks is my point, um, but he, he is proving very important once again, is Warple. That's fair enough, yeah, because I, I was just having a look at the um, contract situation that we've got in terms mm-hmm. of um, our players who are out of contract in 2023. It's actually a total of 15 players on our list. Yeah. yeah. And that, that speaks to that speaks to if we weren't improving or or if we weren't following the model that Sammy wanted, um, they could just hit reset again on a few players. No, they, they, that that should be the situation. I think we, you know, this is a rebuild. <laughs> we are trying to build something, and we're trying to work out the materials that are going to take us somewhere. Um, you got to be flexible with that. You got to you got to cut the players that you want to be able to cut. Uh, and you've got to hold the plays you want to be able to hold. So, yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of work to be done there, but I, I'm happy with the contract situation at Hawthorne, and I don't know who will be the next domino to fall in terms of who we sign next, but, uh, yeah, it might be something for a future episode, Tiz. Might look into that. That's well, we, we, usually, um, we usually go through the list over the buy and talk yes. about who's in trouble and who isn't and who's likely to get extended and who we need to keep and... Who yeah. might be a really good free agent or who are we going <laughs> to pluck from another club? Oh. That's right. Mid-season review coming your way over the bye. And uh, plenty more, I expect. We've got plenty up our sleeves for the Hawk Talk podcast. But for now, this has been Hawk Talk back. I've done the socials. I've done all that stuff. I won't drag you all through it again. So that'll be it. Uh, we are a happy team at Hawthorne. Thank you, Tiz. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us tonight. We will catch you next week for a recap of the Port Adelaide game. Go Hawkers. Go Hawks.